When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast. I'm Rich Levine. B-Rob is back from dad duty. It takes a lot for us to don the headphones on a Saturday, but a 32-point comeback will do it. A 60-point game will do it. So, B-Rob, let's do it. Where do you want to start today? You got the uh, 32-point comeback by the Boston Celtics or the Jason Tatum show. 60 points, should have been 61. We could talk about that maybe a little bit too. But uh, Tatum or the C's, where are we starting? Go. In the big picture, Rich, the the comeback is probably like more historic. But I have to start, I have to go Tatum here. Gotta because go I think the 60-point performance, in my mind, you look at this, Rich, and, you know, everyone, there's been a lot talked about Tatum all year long in terms of the, the ups and downs and his, his obviously is his tough battle coming back from COVID, but a lot of guys have posted 60 points in their career in recent history here. And, you know, Carmelo, Kemba, Lillard, et cetera. But very few, I feel like have posted a 60 like Tatum has where it comes in the flow of the game. Like there's no, there was no time in this game where, okay, let's just look for Tatum because we want to get him those extra points a la, you know, Devin Booker at the garden a few years ago, this was 60 points in the flow of a game against a team playing really well in the Spurs, not defensively, but they just like, you know, they brought it that night and he just did again, they would have been down by 50 in the first half if he wasn't the only guy who could score those points. But to me, this was, you put up a ranking of top 60 point performances in recent NBA history. And Tatum has to be, I think like, top five in terms of just the degree of difficulty that we saw on Friday yeah. night. And, and, and you talk about, I think what clay and Carmelo, the only other two guys to have 60 and have zero turnovers. And you right. talk about a guy was his usage rate was, it was approaching 40, I think for the game and to have zero turnovers, unbelievable. And it's, I mean, it's also an interesting performance in the sense that like the first half of it, I mean, a lot of you just did, I mean, not that people weren't paying attention, but there was enough, they're down 30 points, right? You know, it's like, someone's got to score. It's okay. Like I, 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 assume that a large por- uh, portion of, of Celtics fans had tuned out probably weren't even watching the game at that point, but you know, at, he's, he would never think at that point as he's, as he's uh, putting up those numbers that he's actually keeping the Celtics in it when they're continuing to fall farther and farther behind to the point that they're actually 32 points behind, but that all went in, that was all, all ingredients in this historic performance. Um so it should have been 61. Hopefully he'll have another chance to, to top that. I'm sure he will before it's all said and done. But, I like that uh, they're still tied, though. I like that. The, I mean, it, he got screwed of the out of the continuation there, but it's nice that, that he gets to share that with Bird for now and then just have that be a, an extra card. And I don't know if you like, it's pretty incredible how similar his scoring line was to Bird if you look at just their pure box score stats. Tatum, 20 of 37 from the field. 15 of 17 from the line, 60 points. Bird, 22 of 36 from the field, 15 of 16 from the line, 60 points on that March 12th, 1985 matchup against the uh, 
the Hawks. And I didn't, did you see anyone from the, uh, the Spurs bench going nuts after, you know, the comments? <laughs> I, I, that was the one thing that Tatum was missing out on. I saw Pop, Pop went nuts a few times. I don't think that was in celebration he, of Tatum. So though. he was asked about this after the game. I actually looked up to see what Pop said about it. And he just like, I don't want to talk about it. He totally like, I don't blame him. Which, which again is, is that's you're right. It's like, but I, I thought like, you know, he coached Tatum this summer, maybe be like, yeah, you know, this is, this is, this is the guy, but he was more just like, I don't care. Like we, we just lost the 32 point lead. Like go, go screw. Yeah. I think, I think you probably ask him that over the summer. If you, if you catch it, if pops walking around a summer league or if you walk into him, bump into him at a wine bar in Vegas, I think that's when you ask him to, to wax on that, on that legendary performance. Um, I said, did you, did you catch the, just where Tatum scored from? I thought that was interesting too. You know, 26 points in the paint. 26 points in the paint uh, for a guy that all season we've been begging, get, get, first of all, get into the paint. Second of all, get to the line, 15 points from the foul line. Uh, I think his career high for makes and attempts in a game, right? 15 to 17. Yep. Uh, 15 points on, uh, on five, three pointers, and then four from the mid range. And I think, and I'm pretty sure that the, uh, the, his first hoop of the game was, it was, it was a mid range jumper. So the first two or somewhere, one of his first few buckets was from mid-range. So after that, only one mid-range hoop. Uh, it, it was just, like I said, it was, it was just the way he did it. The versatility, the consistency, you know, doing it, you know, when your team's down 30, doing it when, when, when you're now down 15 in the fourth quarter. Um, and then again, he didn't, he, I don't think, did he, did he sit in the fourth quarter in OT? No, I don't think he sat at all. I think he played straight sure. through. You talk about a guy that's been dealing with that conditioning and, and, the, and the inhaler and just just put the team on his back. Uh, 60 points. Again, you, you get the sense that it's not the last one we're going to see out of him. I, I per- personally, and, I, and again, let's not let, let's not take this performance and put put like, up the expectations and put more pressure on him to do it again. But just the way he did it, it, ju- it just seemed it just seems pretty sustainable. Yeah. Again, that in the Spurs certainly not a team known for the defense, not having like wing defenders there, but you know, they had a, a legit sh- shot blocker in there and, and Pirtle down low. So it's not like he was going up against, you know, scrubs by any means, but he just, again, knew where he wanted to go on the floor every time. Brad even said after the game, we needed every one of those points to win. And again, like they would have been down by 50 in the first half because he was the only guy who came to play out of the gate. Uh, I think no one else in the team scored until like late in the first quarter of if, if, if nothing else so and do you want to so i'll do this real quick for you rich there's there's i believe 11 guys who have scored 60 or plus points since 2010 okay so so and uh, just just full disclosure i peeked at your tweet you peeked at the list okay so no, no so it was you you tweeted about it i yes. didn't i didn't i didn't read through the whole list I and mean, i saw you know mellow i know clay i know kemba's on there which i i, I would not have guessed probably right. if not seeing your tweet um i mean beal did yep. it as well the steph got 60 yep um tony delk no he only had 50 <laughs> uh he's he's he's, he's not list of 50 guys that that's pretty unbelievable um when one came at the garden a couple years ago one came at the garden a couple of years ago. Uh, it wasn't a legitimate one. Jay Crowder got really upset about it after the game. Oh, the garden. Uh, you know, that's pretty messed up that I was thinking about MSG. Thinking about MSG? Oh. But yeah, but uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, Booker, right. obviously. Is Kobe on that list? Kobe's on that list. His oh, right. Game, his, 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 yeah. Right, exactly. 
His last one. Uh, who am I missing? LeBron? And then is he, is he, is LeBron, he? yep. LeBron's on there. And then you got two more. These guys have done it multiple times because they just are, you know, the top scorers, you know, arguably oh, the top Dame, scorers. Oh, Dame, Dame had 60. Yep. And uh, one guy the Celtics will probably see in a, you know, in a month if he's, if he's healthy in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, and be a Harden. Yes, James Harden. So I saw that I saw the I saw the tweet that that uh, Tatum broke Kyrie's record for most points scored in an NBA game by a Duke, a former Duke player. Ooh, Kyrie had fifty-seven. Yeah. I think was uh yep. was the leader. Now now JT is is all alone, at in sixty. Uh, ju- I mean just just unbelievable. I'm trying to look through my the notes here if there's any other random. I'd say the first the first player in Celtics history to have multiple fifty-point games in a in a season. Right. Like yeah, to to do that, you know, within two weeks of each other is kind of nuts, especially <laughs> in this in this uh, wild season. And I guess the other cool thing I think is till the very end, like making the right play. You know, you're on the verge of sixty in overtime, you know, one possession game. You drive the lane, you make the extra pass, you get Jalen Brown to three in the corner to win the game, and then you end up getting sixty anyway with through free throws after that. So you get rewarded for just making the right play. So again, this is, this is something where, you know, I think we saw, you know, shades of this from jump street rookie year. There's a guy who has the capability of doing this or that the, the team obviously had the ambition that he'd be able to, you know, develop into this, but for this to happen this soon with this level of efficiency, I think is, uh, you know, something that in a season that's been pretty rough for the, for the team and for the franchise at parts is a, a nice little reminder that, okay, this is the guy that can still develop into what, you know, this team needs him to be consistently and, and pull this, pull games like this out, out of his ass. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in a game where like, uh, you know, maybe the stakes aren't quite what Celtics fans had hoped for. Like you're not, you're, you're not doing for, 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 for top seeds, right. You're not in the one, two, three conversation, but still a game that the Some Celtics very really, game. really, really needed, you know, not as I said, not the stakes that you'd hope for, but I, I, I not, and not, not a must win. You're not going to say must win, but it was, it was a game the Celtics really needed, especially like with Portland coming up uh, tomorrow and then another tough game where they're just, Every win matters, and this one was this game was lost. It, 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 they were down thirty. They were down thirty-two points. I think it was so nine 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 point seven win probability at one point. I think was the the exact number according to Sean Grandy. Yeah, and and, and like you said, like the the Spurs are not the Spurs of old, but they're still a very good team. They're a team that came in over five hundred in the Western Conference this season. You know, with with you know we got DeRozan with with Murray's playing out of his mind. Like you said, Pirtle is is has been is a very solid center. Um, they have they have a solid team, and uh, it's just unbelievable. It's I talk in circles about it, but it's just beautiful to see. All right, so let's. That's enough drilling over Tatum for now. We'll get back to probably more of that later. But um, let's go. Let's talk about the game a little bit more. In the sense of, I mean, you mentioned it. Uh, the stakes were we're pretty big in terms of the Celtics just have no margin of error right now. If they want to avoid the play-in scenario, given um, uh, a pretty tough schedule and two head-to-head games with the heat also upcoming next week, that probably will ultimately decide it. But I don't know in the first half, Rich, like I thought we were watching the 2015 Spurs. Like they, the Celtics were not good, but the Spurs were, that was magical offense. And they just like, they're hitting everything. They're getting great shots time after time. And to be quite honest, I don't think they dropped off a ton from that. It's not like they like, 
crap the bed in the second half of this game. Like they they were still scoring down the stretch. Like they had a hundred points. It's got hundred forty points. Like like the it's, counter it's punches OT. came right. Yeah. And so like when you look at that, if it's like yeah, sometimes you can come back from from thirty when you know a team just like scores ten points in a quarter, or whatever. But this was this was something. This was something literally having to to drag their way back into it, um, tooth and nail, and running up whatever it was like 80 plus points in the, in the second, second half. half. Like it was nuts. Yeah. No, like you said, and I, and I think a lot of times when, when that would, if you see a situation like that, you'd expect that team in the Spurs position to kind of just die, roll over and die once they lose that lead. But it was like, that, that was like, you know, that was the, the first mountain to climb was a race in the 32 point lead. And they still had a really another crunch time game on their hands. And that, that's another thing we can talk about is another game where the Celtics, you said they're, they're one of their big, biggest weaknesses all year. They were the worst clutch situation team in the NBA. By a lot, they played the most clutch games. They had the worst, the worst winning percentage. They, they were just horrible. And this is another situation as we're getting closer to where the games really matter in the playoffs, where when it came time to winning time, they made the right decisions. They had the guys step up. They made some shots. You know all the things, all, all the things that they were just just falling short on uh, for the first few months of the season. It obviously helps when you have a player who's scoring sixty points in a game. But like you said, it kind of happened within the flow. It wasn't it wasn't clear out for JT every time. It was you know they, there there were a couple like the step back three pointer. There were a couple of plays like that where it was just like okay, this is just ridiculous. But um, but it just it just kind of came within the flow of the game of a team that seems to be and it's different. You know, Kem- Kemba wasn't out there missing a big piece, but seems to be maybe starting to find a little bit more identity. I mean, they 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 didn't have any real identity before that, but it just seems like we're getting closer. Well, what do you think? What is the biggest development from this game in your mind? Because in my mind, it's not Tatum scoring 60 points. There's yeah. a, there's a, there's a different element, a different part of this game that is, is a, is a bigger, bigger picture development for the Celtics. The, the, the man I like to call knees, I think. Is that, is that, <laughs> is that what we're talking about? Mr. Mr. Neesmith? I think, I think that is Aaron and, Neesmith. And, and I think what, I think what really makes that important, like if that, if, th- if this was just game one, of sort of Aaron Neesmith kind of starting to show what he can do. That's one thing, but this, that, that's back-to-back games. Yes. And right? 100%. This is coming off a career night, following up with another career night. Back-to-back and... career high scoring, and then nine rebounds in the in the first game, six rebounds in the second one, but like in the, in the, in the, in the win against Charlotte, three steals and three blocks. Right. Like he, is... he, he helped change the game in that game because the Southerners came out flat again out of the gate in the first quarter of that game. And obviously we saw how the first half unfolded here. And I mean, Neesmith was certainly a part of that in the first half of, um, but his, he's just everywhere. And now he's starting to, I think just figuring out how to harness that energy better, Rich of, of like not getting too over aggressive on defense. And like, you know, he's crashing the glass hard. He's running around screens hard. And now, and now the shots coming around. And now there's actually confidence there because what what's happened here is like, I thought he, we, we talked about, it. he played pretty well defensively when he got a chance in February there in the rotation. He competed at the very, at the very least. Yeah. But he wasn't shooting. He wasn't looking for a shot. Like he was kind of just there and wasn't giving you anything. And so, so Brad went away from him and then obviously Romeo Langford got a shot here, but Romeo Langford just looks like the same guy as last year. And that's still a guy who's shooting like 
25% from three and, you know, 35% from the field. So that's, that's not going to get the job done here. And I you know he, and it's, you almost going to give him a, a mulligan for the season. I mean, because of the risk situation and then COVID it's like, you know, what could, you can't really expect a huge growth for a guy out of this, but, but Neesmith has slowly been coming along here and now the minutes are back to him. And now I think it's only two or three games, but I think he's from a athleticism standpoint, from a, just a, an energy standpoint, it's hard to see, you know, Langford taking back those minutes from him, you know, once this team is back at full strength. Or Fournier. For, yeah, I mean, for Fournier, he played or Fournier, which is, which is, and, and again, credit to like Brad has not been good at this this year in terms of just like giving guys minutes for the sake of giving the minutes when they don't deserve it. But this was like Fournier had just been so brutal in these first three or four games. And you know, you want to let him play through, but there is a point where it's like, you got to win games. And, and luckily Fournier didn't actually play that bad last night. He was, you know, this three of six, he actually hit a couple of shots, which was in the comeback, which was, which was nice. But yeah, there's no question that Neesmith was a better player in the floor. And so you, you roll with that guy and they, they, they reap the dividends because of it. Yeah, no, it's just, just the energy. And I think I, I remember, you know, Doc Rivers, 50-50 balls. This is the one thing that I remember him always harping on. Such an important part. Just winning, the, the, that a lot of times can be the difference in those close situations, right? Just getting those 50-50s. He, Neesmith is, brings that energy. He brings that level of intensity, has the speed, has the quickness, has the athleticism to to where if he wants to to mix it up, and it, it seems pretty clear that that he is a guy who's willing to do that. Maybe he realizes that's that's his key, right? And you can understand some of these guys. You go in and he he didn't even play that much in college, but when you've been the best, the when you've been Jason Tatum at every level, right? Like you you kind of maybe know how to play one way but maybe it took a few months for him to realize hey i'm not that guy anymore maybe i can be at some point but if i need to assume the identity of a role player um someone who's just gonna do just 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 do the dirty work and he was willing to do that and you can and you can still you can still see the ways where he can improve and, and hopefully will like you know the one play that jumps out to me i think it was maybe a minute or so left in the game where he got out on that breakaway and tried the, tried the Euro step and kind of missed. You could, you can see that, that play happening even a month from now, certainly next year where he gets out in the break and that's just so much slower. It's so much under control. He knows what he's doing and he finishes that layup, but you could see that he was just going a million miles an hour in that moment. Um, so you can see, you can see the times where he's still, the game still needs to slow down a little bit and he can improve, but man, like, for someone who, if we'd had this conversation last week, two weeks ago, who, you, who you're saying, you know, I, we, I had the conversation with, with Ryan and, and Tom, like, hey, is Jabari Parker going to, is it going to be an afterthought by the time we get to the playoffs? Like, is Jabari Parker in the playoff rotation? Uh, it, it seems that that's been answered. We, we were all pretty clear that it was going to be a no. But um, right now, I, I, can you say for sure, do you, do you, is Aaron Neesmith going to play in the playoffs? Yes. Like I, I'm, I think I'm not convinced quite yet because well, let's, let's, let's work through this right now. You have, I think you have eight locks, seven locks in your rotation with, oh, no, I think you have eight because I think, I think it's safe to say Payne Pritchard is a lot to be in the rotation in the playoffs. Like he's, you need him. Yeah. I yeah. Think so so I, I think, think, yeah. Yeah. So your starting five is Kemba smart, uh, Rob Tatum and Jalen. And then coming off your bench, you have Tristan, you have Fournier, Fournier and then you have Pritchard. And then, so who is your ninth guy going to be? So yeah, it's going to depend on the matchup, but I think Neesmith is certainly going to get first crack at it because Grant 
has just not been uh, a net positive this year. Like for whatever reason, I mean, he's hitting threes at a better rate than ever, which is great. But like every other part of his game just is just not consistent, not nearly as consistent or reliable as it was last year. And that's, you know, that's, it's not something that's going to define him. It might just be a, you know, a sophomore slump for just a down year for him. But beyond that, like, Shemi, we've seen that story play out in the playoffs before. Jabari Parker, like you might as well just put a target on his back if you want to play him in the playoffs defensively when you really can't afford it, given how the rest of his team plays. And yeah, Romeo, like is Romeo better than Neesmith defensively in the in certain matchups? Absolutely. But from an energy standpoint, like I'd rather have Neesmith run into walls, I think, in the playoffs as opposed to as opposed to Romeo at this point, especially when teams can just ignore him at the three point line. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I'm looking at the box score from, from yesterday right now. And Grant played eight minutes, Tremont played played six and change. Uh other than that, they played they played eight guys. Yeah. And, and, and even Pritchard played played 13 minutes. Well, you know, the, one of his 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 least uh effective games, or at least at least in terms of like just even just getting run. So they really they really played, and I'm talking about guys who played more than 20 minutes. You had seven guys, and Fornio just ba- just barely made it. Maybe maybe that is a glimpse. Obviously, you're going to add Kemba to that mix, and that's going to you know you would think maybe take even more uh, time away from Peyton. Uh, I I just don't you know for me I, I'm not sure. I think it's asking a lot of Neesmith. I think it would be nice if yeah maybe he does get a crack at earning that playoff uh, a spot in the rotation. I, I I I think it might be a little too much this year to expect him to run with it. It would be amazing. Obviously, it's a game changer if somehow you can get this Aaron Neesmith of the last two games uh, in in the second round of a, of a series against against Brooklyn, right? Um, no question. And if it's it's like, is he going to start hitting shots? And he's hitting shot like again. It's like you. We think you're getting this guy. You draft him. It's like okay, you're getting a sharpshooter, and we don't know much else about him. Not much of a defender. It's like the 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 polar opposite has played out here. It's like okay, he's a high motor defensive guy, and now maybe the shot's going to come along too. And then if you, I mean, again, consistency has got a long way to go. He's had two strong games, but the shot has been iffy all year long. But he, it's certainly if you're defending him, you have to respect him a lot more than pretty much anyone else in the Celtics bench outside of Pritchard from, from, from distance, just based on his track record. So like, yeah, uh, and I, I was going to say, I'll, I'll say that there's only one month this year that, that uh, Neesmith played more than a hundred minutes. So he's played 136 minutes in April, played 166 minutes in February. Uh, and he shot uh, 42% from three. Hmm. He was eight to 19. Uh, so I, I, again, I, I think that he showed that it, when he, when he can get into like any shooter, right? Like it's, it, it, it's tough to, it's when you're, and he was labeled, the, they said the best, they said he was the best shooter in the draft coming in. But if, if that is your job, I think it's hard to, to, to be, have spotty playing time to never know when you're coming off the bench to sit out multiple games in a row and then have them like dust you off and throw you out there and, and expect you to, to hit threes. But he showed in that stretch nine games in February that when he gets some consistent playing time, he, he can shoot. I mean, obviously he can shoot, but he's at 42%. He's shooting uh, 40% in April, uh, 50% from the field. Uh, and again, he's not, he's not, he's not like one of those specialists that's shooting, you know, 80% of his shots from three. No, You know, he's, 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 he's getting to the hoop a little bit. Like he's not afraid. And that's one thing you can say for sure about this guy. Like he does not look intimidated out there um, physically or mentally. And like I said, the playoffs, I think are a different beast, but let's hope for the best. One other thing from last night, 
I want to point out um, that I think it's an encouraging sign. And I, you know, I like to harp on this, but we'll go here. Um, Marcus Smart, <laughs> 12 assists, six shots. Awesome. Yeah. Like, perfect. And he made a big three in the fourth quarter. We were wide open one in rotation to like, you know, keep him in the game there. So like, again, that's good. But like the recognition here again, and you know, Jalen probably took was honestly probably too aggressive at times late in that game. You, you, you liked him to be aggressive, but given it wasn't his night, you know, Tatum probably could have had 40, 45 shots. And that would, maybe they would have won a regulation <laughs> to be honest, but like, but the rest, the fact, the rest of the team, like really fell in line there. And like no one else in the starting five took over six shots. You know, Neesmith obviously was seven of nine. So there you no know, complaints there. And even Tristan Thompson, after taking after eight offensive rebounds, only took eight shots, Rich, which shows yeah. you, I think that was a, was that a career high five assists last night? Did I, I was, was just, that the last I, thing I brought up last was the, the passing Tristan? That's the key. That to is this, very true, actually. That might on, be the I'm key gonna, to this team. But before we, uh, before we sign yeah. off, I'm going to click on Tristan's page right here and see what his. That's got to be a career high. Career high. And it's certainly his Celtics career. Really, high. I career think high. that's fair to say um assists he had one six assist game uh last year in in cleveland okay so against against the bulls um but how many minutes did he play oh yeah 27 minutes he know it's amazing this this career high uh six assists he was minus 32 in 27 <laughs> minutes <laughs> so this is game. the first meaningful game that he's had that many assists but again that's and i just i really hope that in the playoffs, he just, I understand from him, like you do all that hard work down low and he's like the anti Tice of like down low and you get like Tice probably passes too much down there. I think Zach Lowe had a great clip. Um, it is 10 things this week on ESPN.com of Tice, just like having a six foot guy down low under him and he got the pass, but he still, he always passes it out for the three, no matter what. And it's like, dude, you're six foot eight, like finish it. And Tristan's the opposite of that, of being like, okay, you know, you're amazing at getting these offensive rebounds or, you know, these mismatches, but sometimes you're too determined just to get it right back up no matter what, even though you're not good at, at finishing most of the time. If you find, if Tristan just gets that happy medium of like, okay, yeah, finish against the smaller guys, but like, you know, look out for the kickout, that, those open looks are probably going to be the difference in a couple of these playoff games, I feel like, if the rest of the Celtics offense is running. Well, especially when he can see that, I mean, there's – few people as good in the league as Rob as, as making that, that quick kick out. And you can say if Tristan can just see that and right. And, and right. see how effective it can be. Let's just, just learn something from, from the young guy. No, it's interesting. There's not only was, was the five assists, his, his Celtics career high, but uh, 15 rebounds yes. was, his, was his career high as a Celtic. I mean, again, another under the right, like Tatum had the career night, but there were two other career nights in that game. And again, that's what you, that's what you need to come back from 32 points. You, Tatum doing that by himself, they still would have lost by like 15 with him putting up the, the 16. He wouldn't have been obviously on the floor long enough to do that. Um, but you got Neesmith coming up big. You got Tristan Thompson doing the dirty work down low. You have Smart just making the right place. And, um, and Jalen coming up with the big three after a, a really rough shooting night. So it was, uh, it was a pretty, again, a, a game that, you know, it's the Spurs are a 500 team, but they, they do have the best road record, I think, in the West or close to it. They're 18 and 12 on the road. So they they clearly I, I thought they looked like the 2015 Spurs for a lot of that game, like the, the, the ball movement. And it was just like 
and everything going down. So for them uh, to shoot 53% for the Celtics to come back despite a team shooting 53% is, 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 is pretty nuts to me. Yeah, like we said, like the, the comeback was only part of the battle. Like, the, like, the, like even like right, right through the end of the fourth quarter, right through overtime, the the, the Spurs were, were playing hard and they were playing, they were playing well. I mean, certainly there's something's going wrong if you're you're blowing 32 point lead, but they they, they didn't roll over, and that would have uh, as as great as the comeback was, as great as the, the 60 point game you know, ultimately was. You know, losing losing that game after the comeback, I think at one point, you know, Bernardoni. Uh, tweeted, there are no moral victories here. That we you got to get the win, and that, and that was true. That would have been even with the comeback, even with Tatum's heroics. That would have been an absolutely brutal loss if they had dropped that game in overtime. And I think that the, I think that they showed a lot just just holding on, getting over the top, and doing what they needed to do. I understand they've lost too many of those this year. For like you said, there's the they're at the point in the season where you just can't afford them anymore if you want to avoid a play-in game, which is still very much a play even after this win. And then even on top of that, if you want to avoid the Bucks in the first round, like if you want to give yourself a legitimate chance to face off with the Nets. Uh, and I guess do, we'll end on this. Who's we got about what nine games left in the season right now. Who is your ideal? You know, who do you want to face out of the, the top three juggernauts? If you have to either in the first or second round, you might have to face one of them in the first round. You it might have to be the Bucks if you're the sixth seed, or obviously if you get stuck in the playing situation, one of the Nets or Sixers. But who, given how things are playing off injuries and how these teams are looking, like who, who do you think the Celtics would have the best chance at in mm. in that kind of scenario? It's tough. I mean, I think right now, I I, I think I maybe, and it feels weird saying this because I'm always I was talking about how I, how combustible Embiid might still be, and and Simmons, you never quite know what you're going to get. Uh, I mean, I think that I, that I might fear the Sixers the most. Really, I mean, they're they're certainly the getting. I mean, the fact that Brooklyn still has has is the, is the one seed is impressive impressive just with everything that they've been going through and this the the the, the merry go round of you know uh, Kyrie and KD and now Harden's going to be out for a while. Like again, they 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 seem to believe that they can that the, the playoffs will start. They're all going to come back healthy and that they'll just be able to cruise. And I'm not entirely convinced of that. I, I, you know, I, I, would you be, would you be shocked if, if Kyrie, Kyrie needs to, you know, needs a few mental health days one, um, like randomly when the play, and I'm not making a joke. Like, I, 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 I think it's, it's clear that, that like he's, he, that's part of the Kyrie experience. Now every once in a while, he's just going to need some time to himself. And I don't, I don't think you can rule out him needing that in the playoffs. Uh, and I, and, and who knows how, how long a KD, has been hurt a few different times this year. Um, obviously, you look at you just look on paper, you're terrified of them, and and then you got Milwaukee, and you know Giannis is dealing with a with an ankle injury right now, right? That, yep. that, that yeah, you got hurt last. Yep, you got hurt um, the other night. And you know, honestly, and- I wouldn't be shocked if like if even going back to the Nets were saying like, I'd be shocked if like Harden doesn't play in the first round or something like that, based on you know how careful they're probably going to be with this hamstring injury after he reaggravated it. Now, you know they given how they've not against maybe not against a team like the, if they face the Celtics in the first round, they might not be afforded. But if they, you know, end up with the the Heat or just some other weekend like a, a weekend Hawks team or something like that, maybe they're like, yeah, you know, we'll give it an extra two weeks, James, and we'll see you in the second round when we need you. Um, yeah, that's weird. I, w- I would say it's it's crazy to, to say given you know all they've been through recently, but the Sixers do feel like the most functional 
or the least dysfunctional, we'll say, uh, team up, up top. Not that the, the Bucks are necessarily dysfunctional, but this doesn't. I, I don't necessarily get a a great vibe from them. They're I don't know. like defensively, they're not the same this year. Like they're not that they were the same last year, but like they're losing. You know, their their offense is amazing, but their their defense, their bench unit is not as good as past years. So, I mean, we'll see. Their true holiday is is a legitimate upgrade. And, like, I definitely, I mean, if you avoid the play-in situation, like, but you still get the six, like, you're probably still toast, like, in the first round because you're facing the Bucks in the first round, like, and they're at full strength. And, like, right, that's going to be a, a very tall mountain to climb. So I still think, again, you got eight, nine games left. You control your own destiny here. You face the Heat twice. You face the Knicks once. And you have a bunch of very winnable games in between there. And so, you know, you finish this off of six or three, seven to two. You're probably in a good spot to get in that four or five spot and face a Julius Randle and a bunch of supporting pieces in that first round. And which would be a really fun series, but a very winnable one at that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we'd probably prefer to for the Knicks to, to, to beat the hell out of, you know, one of the other teams, but who knows? Yeah, I guess if the other option is facing Milwaukee, right? Right. It's like, who you want? You want, you want the Knicks or Milwaukee? You want the Knicks or I Atlanta, guess. obviously. But yeah, yeah there, there's no, no walkovers this year when you're uh, in the bottom half no, of the Eastern Conference. So, all right, well, we'll wrap it up there. We'll, we'll look a lot closer at this, uh, these playoff scenarios as the week gathers on here. But this was uh, an emergency edition of the Winning Plays podcast on a Saturday. Yeah, nice little um, Saturday. Nice little Saturday. Nice little um, fun look back at Tim's uh, 60 points. Uh, so, yep, give us a hit us up at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter at underscore Rich Levine at Brian T. Rob. And um, I'm heading back on paternity for a little bit longer, but I'll still be on the podcast here and there. So, stay tuned awesome. for that.